Welcome to Her Bro, His Sis, a podcast hosted by sibling ministers focused on topics of faith. We are family addressing the family, the body of Christ. Well, all right. In the flesh. I'm always so excited uh, to do this, but never get to do it in person. I know. Other than just our, our kind of once a year. So this mm-hmm. is this is grand. This is grand. Um, and yeah, just a, a great month, a full month, yes. uh, of course, with the conference. And then uh, we have this live podcast. So um, yeah, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming to me this time. It is my for real. Sorry for the weather. Uh, <laughs> no apologies necessary. I am all the way here for yes. it. You see any long sleeves hey. in the sun? Hey. 100 degrees? Hey. I have no shame. Oh, well, hey, you do you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited. I mean, obviously, we've um, talked at length um, about a number of topics over the years, and um, especially during the podcast uh, season. But today, kind of really just hit something that's been really dear to us, and it's the state of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, it's important that we understand the philosophy and the uh, the importance of maintaining the flow of that church. Mm-hmm. So that's really what what I believe uh, when we get into Jude, what it's talking about. And so that's what we'll, we'll, we'll pick up today. Um, again, we're doing book studies um, mm-hmm. for this particular season. And so uh, Jude is such a, a short book, yeah. um, but it has so much in it. I mean, it's so full um, and it's... Um, it's funny that it's like it's like little little man syndrome, right? It's like, and so it's, it's the shortest book, but yet it has like such a punch that I think um, really we want to just kind of bring that to the listener today. So um, yeah, we'll just go right into it. Um, you know, it's written by Jude, obviously, um, and so Jude one, you know, he says a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. So obviously, if you remember going back to James uh, earlier this year and even last year, uh, we know James is the brother of Christ. Mm-hmm. So Jude would also then be uh, the half brother of Christ as well, and so. Um, again, just as we mentioned in James, you know, I love how he um, calls himself a bond servant. He doesn't mm-hmm. say Jude, the brother of Jesus Christ, right? <laughs> um, he says, I'm brother of James. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think Part. even for us, you know, it's important that we think about the fact that, you know, he's a bond servant. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Like, we have to understand that we are serving the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And so even as we come into the church and we're talking about the state of the church, that um, that's important that we have the right mindset going into the house of God. You mm-hmm. know, I think sometimes we kind of, um, have this the sense of like we can put our hair down a little bit we can, you know we're in here you know what I'm saying this is family so yeah. you know it is, it is what it is but I think as we get into this we'll understand that even in that sense like what does that mean that you are family like there there comes with that a sense of, of pride and, and, and protection and whatnot so mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll get there but um, you know he, he goes on he says to those who are the called beloved and God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ so there's a lot there um, I love how um, he calls him beloved um, and you know, being the church, um, it's important that even when you're, you're, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, people getting that spiritual whooping, if you will. Um, don't mean you're not beloved, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, we we kind of let you know because you are beloved, right? Um, right but I think that's important that when you, yeah. when you talk about a book that has so much in it and it talks about things that are heavy, that how they introduce, you know, the, how the apostles introduce mm-hmm. the books is important. Like, yeah. I think sometimes we overlook, oh, you know, he's just Judas, yeah. and he's introducing himself, but then he's also talking about his relationship with yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? And so he's saying to those who were called, so he's speaking to the church, right. and he's saying, beloved, yeah. and God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and then verse two, he says, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. So I love how, um, you know, he talks about mercy, peace, and love, because um, those are our characteristics that are, given by God, mm-hmm. um, they are attributes of God. So obviously, you know, God and his mercy <laughs> saved us, right? Yeah. So we can't be called without his mercy. Uh, you know, since Christ is the Prince of Peace, so we have that component. And we know that God is love. Like that's mm-hmm. everything about God. So those three things, he's saying, be multiplied to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only characteristics uh, displayed uh, and given by God, they're characteristics that he's informing us that we now need to display towards others. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. If he's saying be multiplied, how merciful are we towards people? How peaceful are we towards people? Mm-hmm. How loving are we towards people? Like that is a very important mindset, mm-hmm. um, and it is adopting the mindset of Christ. So, um, just even in just those two verses, just introduction, like it's already just setting up this narrative of like, wow, like that's 
mainly the parts that we overlook, but yeah. it actually is setting up the entire book. Yeah. Um, and then he just kind of hits it. So then I love who he starts off again, beloved. Um, he says, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. So a lot in those two verses, and I'll just kind of let you jump in. Uh, but he said, contend earnestly for the faith. And what I love about that phrase, um, and as we, and I know we're both wordsmiths, and we've talked about that a lot, but what's important about that is that he used the word contend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to the natural eye, we would think of contend as fighting. Um, but if you actually study the word contend in the Bible, it's actually used five times, but it's not used all the same way all five times. So four of those times, it talks about striving. So, you know, a wrestling, almost in a sorts. This particular one, he's talking about, you actually fight, you know what I'm saying? So he says, and that's the only time that this, this particular word is used in the Bible. So he says, uh, beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, mm-hmm. I felt like I needed to talk to you about fighting. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, Let us um, know. so that's where he goes, which I think is, is extremely uh, important. And, and so even going to that point in four verses, he already called him beloved twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So again, you're loved in Christ. And so because you're loved in Christ, I'm going to let you know that you're loved in Christ. Yeah. But there's a fight that has going on. So usually you don't fight people you love, right? But yeah, he's talking about fighting. So I think even that parallel is probably something that was even overlooked. Even in preparation, I probably didn't think about right. it that much. But he's talking about love and right. what the love God has for the people. And so because of that love, he's now saying you need to fight. So it's almost like you're keeping that love. You know what so I'm let, let, me, let me just say one thing right here. Because that just, as you said it, illuminated to me like so crazily so he said i intended to write to you about common salvation Mm -hmm. our common salvation Mm -hmm. which is something you probably don't mind hearing and would Mm -hmm. want to hear from me Mm -hmm. but he's it's almost like you know i have some good news and some bad news right so he's trying to like prep you for the fact that what i'm about to say you might not want to hear Mm -hmm. because what you want to hear about is common salvation but Remember, I said I loved you. <laughs> remember mm-hmm. that you're called, and remember I'm coming to you in humility because I said I'm a bond servant of the Lord. Yeah. Hey. So <laughs> those things just really popped to me this time mm-hmm. as you were saying that. So I was like, wow, this man came in here with full humility. He didn't say like, look, I'm Jesus' brother, mm-hmm. so listen here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is how we're gonna do this. <laughs> this is what's going down. Y'all are loved, but yeah. still, you know, yeah. like, there's some who just roll with. He wasn't fighting them right. in that love. He was right. like, hey, I love He's you. Like, I'm coming yeah. to you in meekness. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to you in mercy, peace, and love. Yeah. And then the other thing, this I actually did say when I just spoke, um, I preached at church two weeks ago, and I did just use this because it came from Second Peter chapter one when it talked about if these things be in you and abound, and it was mm-hmm. all those attributes, right? Second Peter chapter one, mm-hmm. and we talked about that last month, and um, we referenced it a little bit in last month. Would so repeat after me, but with you just saying that. You have to have something first in order to multiply it, mm. right? Mm. Because in mm. real math, I like that. I like that. <laughs> zero multiplied by anything is zero. Mm. Yeah. So if <laughs> it's in you, if you have mercy, peace, and love first, it's not already more. in there. Right? It sounds so warm. Yes, yes, yes. So I wanted to just say that, I like that. as yeah. you were saying those mm-hmm. things, they just came up yeah. to my mind. Oh, that's so good. That's good. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. Yeah, so he goes there, um, and I'm, I'm reminded of, you know, when he talks about the common salvation and to, to fight for the faith. Uh, you know, I think about First Corinthians 10, um, and, you know, he says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, um, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Mm. Uh, so... He's talking about, look, like there is a common salvation. Even if you go down, um, you know, one of the, the most um, the most common passages in the most common verses in this passage is First Corinthians 13, which says no temptation has overtaken you, but that such is common to man. So mm-hmm. he said, look, I wanted to talk to you about a common salvation, <laughs> but I need to talk to you about fighting. But it's funny because he actually is talking about what's important to our common salvation, right. which is... I don't want you to be unaware because even though you go through things that is common, which is all of us, I still want to remind you about some things that maybe weren't so common because these individuals dealt with this. That might not that might be foreign to you because these are you know people way before so forefathers. However, 
but the situation that I'm about to go into, mm -hmm. that pertains to all of us. And mm -hmm. so uh, he's talking about, I want to, I want to help you understand that we need to fight for our faith. Yeah. Which was verse three. But then verse four, the reason why we have to fight for our faith is because it says, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed. Mm -hmm. Those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. So why did I bring in that first Corinthians 10 in this particular passage? Because mm -hmm. I talked about all, <laughs> right? There was like, hey, like all the Israelites, we did this, we did this, we did this. We all heard the message. We all walked to the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. We all ate the manna. You know, we yeah. all did this, understanding that that was Lord Jesus Christ, protecting us, loving us, doing all of this. However, there's folks in here that ain't about that life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I just don't want you to get it twisted. Yeah. I just want you to be aware of what's happening because I think sometimes we can get to the point where we think that because the church is a family, yeah. everyone's acting like family. Right. And so he's just saying, hey, some people are, are in here that they snuck in. Like, yes, we are the family. The church mm -hmm. is the church. And, and God God doesn't bring people into the church that are not his. Like, he, he keeps his. Mm -hmm. But we want you to know these people snuck in. You know yes. what I'm saying? They, they came through the back door. So right. don't get it twisted. That, oh, because they're in the, the four walls of the church. Oh, they're us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so what does it mean to understand what us is? And so... Um, he calls these people ungodly people who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master, Lord Jesus Christ. So how do you um, how do you get in the faith? Repent, believe. You know what I'm saying? Like believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is who he says he is. It says these individuals are ungodly and they deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So fighting for your faith, we have to know what it means to fight and we have to mm -hmm. have a a wisdom that comes with that and yeah. the knowledge of what it is that is the faith. Because right. not everybody who comes into church is of the faith. Right. So um, what what comes to your mind when you wow. think about just the ungodliness and the the protection of Jude to the body of Christ? Well, that verse alone, as you were speaking, it actually just gave me something new that I didn't really even think about, like as I was preparing for this. Because um, you're talking about how ungodly people crept in unaware, right? And so when you think about it. They didn't creep in on their end unaware because they knew that they were ungodly creeping in. Mm -hmm. It's just the rest of the church um, were unaware mm -hmm. that they were ungodly. And here's the thing. Um, as we go deeper into it, we're going to really define and go into that whole ungodly people and the scoffers and, and their characteristics and all that kind of stuff. But the thing is, they know they're ungodly and they know that their mindset is set on resisting God. Mm -hmm. They know that their mindset is set on not converting and like you're saying, not repenting, not believing. They're going into a place, they're infiltrating essentially a place that they know is open and welcome to all because mm -hmm. that's what the body of Christ is. Like God is here for anyone who wants to come, right? So they know that we're unassuming because we just let everyone come in. It's not like you have to show mm -hmm. identification, swipe a card, who referred you, all that kind of stuff. They know it's wide open. And so the issue is that they're coming in unaware and we're not really, we're not exercised in ourselves enough to where we're discerning that everybody that's in here isn't real. Mm -hmm. Like we kind of, act like everyone who's in here really wants God or is really living for God and that's not the thing but they're coming in because outside you don't need help to recruit folks who's already out there mm. right and if you look at both kingdoms right the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness the kingdom of God our mission is supposed to leave the walls of the church and go out into the world and get them to recruit them to come to Christ mm -hmm. The mission of the devil and the kingdom of darkness is what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But how can they do that if everybody out here is already, they're already out here. Mm -hmm. So they're in, in line for destruction right now. Mm -hmm. We're competing for them. We're contending for them. Mm -hmm. But the people who are on the devil's agenda are like, we got to get them. Mm -hmm. We got to turn everybody else against Christ. Mm -hmm. We have to steal them. We have to, you know, destroy them. Yeah. We have to mm -hmm. kill them. So how can they get in if they don't infiltrate? So that's the that's the perspective that I don't think that, you know, most people are looking at when you're looking at people coming in unaware. And really that's what Judah's like talking about. Like everything I'm about to say to y'all is because there's people among you who are trying to corrupt you that you didn't realize snuck in here. Mm -hmm but they are not of us. Mm -hmm. They're not of the family and they are about to 
they're very dangerous yeah. essentially yeah. right so yeah, that's, yeah, do you understand what yeah. I'm trying to say? Yeah, and I like okay. that because, you know, I didn't read uh, verse 5 intentionally um, in First Corinthians 10, but, you know, I talked about how, uh, you know, they all ate the spiritual food, and, and this is this is crazy, oh, and I, I like how you're, you're saying this, is because um, if we if we hop back to Jude, so he says in verse 4 um, that they have crept in unaware, mm -hmm. right? So that's Jude 4. Go back to First Corinthians ten one. He says, "For I do not want you to be unaware, <laughs> right?" <laughs> so think about the fact that he's talking brethren. about about being having an awareness, right? Because he says, "Yeah, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren." Yes. Um, and he says that our fathers were all. Yes. And look how many times he said all. Yes. Every time he he mentioned something, he said all. So as yes. the church moves, everybody's going right. Like, right. Everybody heard the same message. Yeah. Everybody had took had partaken communion. Everybody was was worshiping. Everybody heard that song. Everybody was participating. Yes. And, he, and they said they were all drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, mm -hmm. verse 5, with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. So <laughs> the beautiful thing about that is that he's saying, look, like, I'm giving you a history lesson yes. because I want you to know what's happening. Everybody was flowing. Everybody was following, but not everybody was following. You feel me? Yes. <laughs> like, like yes. I mean, there was a crowd, and we didn't know where to go because we, we left Egypt. So, I mean, I guess we had to roll with y'all. Well, but we just witch y'all, you know what I'm saying? So I think, again, he's trying to help you understand, like, are you using your mind when it comes to being in the faith? It's not just like, hey, you accept the crack. Hey, man, okay, yeah. just wave it apart. You know what I'm saying? Yes. What is happening? Like, I don't know when the, when the world ends, but I'm going somewhere heavenly. You know what I'm saying? When we get there. But he's like, okay, beyond that, like like you said, the devil comes and still kill and destroy. So he's snatching folks yes. in the middle of this process. So, like, if you have this lackadaisical, and not saying that you're doing it intentionally, but if, if you have a lackadaisical attitude to i'm just waiting for the lord to return yeah <laughs> like <laughs> you might be unawarely you know what i'm saying like people could be snatching you because you have to be like you you, you mentioned second peter adding to your faith yes. so if it's just like i just have a faith because i love the lord like it if you didn't add anything to, if you ain't multiplying yes. your piece of love thank you you might be plucked out you know yes. what i'm saying and so that's where this is going so i love how you, how you brought that up so here <laughs> and you keep like giving me so what you just said about history in the bible the bible is our history book mm -hmm. it's literally our history book and it's our instruction manual and so when you think about the the purpose of history books um, is to not just give us stories about like what happened, right? We all had to take history class in middle school, mm -hmm. high school, whatever grade we had to start taking that. But the point is so that you could know all the things that happened in your country or all the things that happened in whatever countries, right? And it's not just for information. Mm -hmm. There's a purpose. Like they want you to have learned from history. And so for us as Christians and believers, like the point of it is for us to okay this is a great bedtime story Billy no mm -hmm. it is literally for us to see what happened and be like wow mm -hmm. learn from those examples mm -hmm. and either make the decision to repeat redeem history or repeat fallen history like mm -hmm. that's the yeah. whole purpose mm -hmm. of it and so for us to go through from the very beginning Adam and Eve mm -hmm. you know all the way to the end like there's so many examples and it's not like God could not do the same things over and over, but he's like, he has referenced stuff like Sodom and Gomorrah numerous times because folks are still doing what God mm -hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah mm -hmm. <laughs> like mm -hmm. demolished. So yeah. So my whole essence of when I was studying this, my thoughts were along the lines of like, I just kept seeing how much examples were important, mm -hmm. you know? and how what for me personally i was extracting like the purpose of good example and the purpose of bad example and in our normal lives as we go about and even as parents like you know we always want to be mindful of the examples that we're setting or the examples that are being set before our children and so um we also have to look at you know how our hearts are bent towards learning right because they say you should learn from your example or learn from so-and-so's example right so are you actually just looking at them and being like i'm just going to do my own thing or are you learning like man that happened i don't i don't want anything to do with that and that's what most of the bible should be because that stuff was some scary stuff you know and it's again it's not like the lord cannot do the same things to us in the moment as he did in those times 
he has extended his mercy mm-hmm. in such a way, and you're talking about mercy, peace, and love. Yeah. That's all the above. Yeah. He is being optimally merciful yeah. and optimally loving. Keeping the peace. Right? Um, but we have to like realize that we are literally learning and we're patting ourselves, patterning ourselves after either a good example or a bad example. And that's, you know, the Bible talks about how, you know, evil communications corrupt good habits. So, like, if you have evil people around you and you think you could just, like, hang out with them every day of your life and you think they're not going to rub off on you, um, that's not true, you know? Um, so, it's, it's really important that we think about what are we looking at when we're looking at the Word of God and the examples that they provide. Mm-hmm. We are repeating history one way or another. We literally are. So it's either fallen history or the redeemed history. And you can tell the things that led to the fallen history. So if you see yourself doing the things that led to the fallen history, what do you need to do? So um, that's just kind of like my first thought about um, examples. Did you have anything like? Yeah, I mean, it's funny how I didn't prepare to kind of parallel 1 Corinthians 10, but there's just so much there that even, you know, as you think about examples, um, you know, going back there in verse 6, it says, now these things happen as examples for us so that we would not crave evil things as they also crave. So he's basically saying, and, and like you you just uh, iterated that, those examples are not just to be like, hey, man, that was a great bedtime story. Like, you know, yeah. you want to read about Noah's Ark? No, like, Christ, <laughs> again, going back to... to um, to verse 3, like, they were following Christ. So we know Christ coming in the New Testament, but Christ was all throughout the Bible, yes. right? I mean, if you, in the beginning was was the Word, and the Word yes. was God, and the Word was with God, and that Word was Christ. So if we know that, that God was, and that Christ was throughout eternity, mm-hmm. uh, present, past, and future, then we have to understand that the Bible in the Old Testament was paving the way for yeah. what we did not see, but was always there. So yeah. even if understanding that those stories, Christ was built into that, mm-hmm. then that is should serve as our example that we need to live by um that we don't practice ungodliness Mm -hmm. um i I like you know ephesians 4 um, how it talks about um ungodly behavior and it talks about how we're supposed to put off that ungodly behavior and it's not just that it's ungodly but when we think about even as people coming in unaware um and that they were ungodly what does ungodliness represent it represents not only an evil, but an ignorance. Because mm-hmm. what I love about it, um, in, in verse 17 of Ephesians 4, it says um, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles walk in the futility of the mind. So he's talking to believers saying, don't walk like this, don't join them, because it's futile in, in the mind, darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God. Mm-hmm. So again, we talked about denying God, mm-hmm. um, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. So okay. they have no desire to serve God, right. ain't trying to serve God. Mm-hmm. But these are the people that crept into the church, right? So right. again, um, and they've become callous. So if you understand, you know, you get a callous on your hand after, you know, working out. So they've been working this evil for so long right. that it's like, this is me. Like, I'm not trying. You can't take that out. Like, I'm seasoned to be evil. Right. Um, have given themselves over. So it's, it's a done deal. Like, it's a wrap. Over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. And then I love how it says, but you did not learn Christ mm-hmm. in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, mm-hmm. and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Right. So, two things. I read 17 through 23, but Ephesians 4.1 says, walk worthy of the calling with where you were called. Mm-hmm. If you go back to Jude, um, which I love how it goes into this piece here. Verse 1, Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called. So walk worthy of the calling, which means you cannot walk the way that those around you will be walking. Which means, again, if you're going to protect and and fight for the faith, you have to know what faith looks like. (laughs) And he's telling you, like, walk worthy of the calling. So you can't walk worthy if you don't even know what walking worthy means. Mm -hmm. Like, so do you value your faith enough to walk worthy and recognize that there's some things I have to do, which means I'm putting off Mm -hmm. this to put this on. Right. Do you know what this is? Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like, hey, you know, I'm coming every Sunday, you know, I'm I'm here. I heard the song, but I'm not really giving my heart. Like it says these people gave themselves over to mm-hmm. something. What are you giving yourself to in the faith? You know what I'm saying? You're not just we're not asking for your attendance. We're asking for your heart. You know, yeah. God is saying, like, are you of me? 
Ephesians 5.1, after that whole soliloquy about not being like Gentiles, he says, now be an imitator of God mm -hmm. and walk in love. Again, mercy, <laughs> peace, and love be multiplied. So if you're going to walk in something, you have to know what you're walking towards. Yes. You, you're not just walking to the door and saying, hey, I, I came on in here because we ain't saying the devil is exercising mercy, peace, and love. <laughs> And, and he made his way into the church, you know what I'm saying? So you can't just walk into the church and assume that that's the end-all, be-all. Like, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. What are you doing to, to practically apply yeah. mercy, peace, and love? To right. be the individual that thus saith the Lord, right. you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of what, what comes to me. And so to, to keep that, um, we have to practice godliness. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think kind of what I've I seen, and, and, and you're, you're hitting it so great, is that there is a keeping that is that comes into this again, uh, verse one in Jude, um, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. So that keeping is is a component that is done by Christ, but then it's also a keeping that we can do. So we're we're supposed to uh, preserve our faith and also observe or keep watch on our faith. Mm -hmm. So again, I don't want you to be unaware. I need you to keep your eyes open. I need you to be sober minded to be alert because there's a devil <laughs> that's seeking who hate me and still come destroy. So I need you to be watching you know mm -hmm. like jesus said watch and pray you know what i'm saying yes. like, be alert but also guard your faith yeah. like so you're looking for something you, you want to keep that faith and how do you keep it we talk a lot about you know what are the things that you're doing with your life so mm -hmm. are you walking as a gentile are you walking as a believer you're, you're known by your fruit so that's keeping it guarding it preserving it but then also making sure that there's not someone who's coming in trying to infiltrate that because you need to know what faith looks like so that yeah. you can fight for things that are not faithful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh and be able to gosh. call those things as they are. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that's Hebrews 5, 14, uh, oh which I love. Um, and I'll shut up. <laughs> you were just hearing me stop. Uh, <laughs> right now. Hebrews 5, uh, 14. And I could read the whole thing, but I'm going to just stop on 5, 14. It says, but solid food. He was originally talking about those who were just on milk who are not trained uh, or do not have enough or immature um, he says solid food is for the mature who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil so the way that you're able to fight for the faith is to be able to have a discernment that knows the difference between what faith is and what faith isn't mm -hmm. so if you ain't maturing in christ you're not in a position to be able to say oh no that's not that's not christ-like <laughs> you know what I'm because if you're not maturing like a baby can't walk up to me and tell me how to walk or tell me what to do because he don't know how to walk. You know what I'm saying? Oh my he don't know how to consume a steak. So if you can't consume something, you can't be able to call something what it is because you're not there to be able to discern the difference. So the only way for you to do that is to have solid food. And he declares solid food to be the word of God. <laughs> so I'll leave it there for you. <laughs> I'm just going to try to keep myself together because you gave me so much in that. But I want to just really revisit the purpose of examples really quick and then kind of address some other mm -hmm. stuff that you said. So as I already say, the purpose of example is to show you what to do and to show you what not to do. Mm -hmm. And so um, the actual definition is one that serves a pattern of uh, to be imitated or a pattern of what not to be imitated, uh, not to be imitated. Mm -hmm. So to be imitated or to not be imitated, a pattern or an example of that. And then the second thing is a punishment inflicted on someone as a warning to others. Mm. So as you were reading that whole section or um, referencing the section of five verses seven through Jude, um, and they referenced Sodom and Gomorrah in verse seven, it says, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these have given themselves over to sexual immorality, found after strange flesh, are set forth as an example. Mm they are suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Mm. So Sodom and Gomorrah, how many times do we have to hear about them through the entire word since Genesis as an example? Yeah. He said, I did this to them as an example, okay, because this is what they did. They were an example of sexual immorality. Mm. They were an example of going after strange flesh. They were an example of the punishment I just said as a warning to someone else. So God was trying to show you, A, here is a bad example of what not to do, okay? Here's a pattern of what not to follow. And then B, the punishment that they received is an example to show you of what you don't want to receive if mm -hmm. you choose to do the very mm -hmm. things and follow their example. Mm -hmm. So that's what we have to realize is that how dare any of us think that we can pattern or follow the examples that are bad examples of what we've seen in the word and think that God is not going to give us the same exact reward for the things that they got the reward for. Yeah. Because, you know, 
I don't know if I said this on live recording or just in our conversations before, but my thought process about, because it says the wages of sin is death, right? Um, but the gift of God is eternal life. So wages, what do you think of when you hear the word? Paycheck, mm -hmm. right? You think about going to work and getting paid for mm -hmm. the work you did. Mm -hmm. So the wages of sin mm -hmm. is death. I know you when you think this. about the fact that, <laughs> hey, most of us get paid twice a month. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I work Monday through Friday, and I get a check. Yeah. I work next week, Monday through Friday. I get a check. Get a check but guess what? I don't get a check for that day. I get a check for the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. So two weeks from now, I'll get the pay from the last two weeks. But either way, I don't get the wages for what I just did immediately. Mm -hmm. So it's very scary and audacious for us to think that we can work sin and evil and all these other evil examples and think that God is not going to give us the paycheck that mm -hmm. we actually earn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's the first thing I want to just <laughs> I'm gonna I'm go ahead. You keep going. <laughs> you did this to me. Bro. You did this. <laughs> so that's that first point. Mm. Um, the second. Um, and I pretty much already said that. You know, examples for good that serve as a pattern of how to do right and encourage you along the way. The Bible gives us those things, like all the things that you can do. Follow me as I follow Christ. You know, all the things that people went through through the word of God and they stayed faithful and they um, did the right things, right? He shows us those examples and they are patterns of how to do the right thing and they encourage you to stay godly and stay doing the right thing. Like Paul says, he's like, don't worry in well-doing because you will reap if you don't faint. Um, and again, there's so many scriptures through this whole book that we can show that you know, serve as the patterns and warnings of what not to do and what could potentially happen to you. But just trust and believe that if, even if you don't go through the Sodom and Gomorrah fire, mm -hmm. you're going to end up in the same place where they are mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So that's what he's trying to get across. Mm -hmm. Now, um, the other component that goes along with this is where is your heart toward learning? So, okay, what does it mean to learn? And you know, I like to be very simplistic and direct because I think we need to understand very clearly like what it is that simply we say we understand but by action we don't actually live like we understand so the definition of learning is to gain knowledge or understanding by studying instruction or experience so you're learning information or you're learning to understand by studying the word gaining instruction from someone teaching it to you or by experiencing things and then the second thing learning means is to acquire a behavioral tendency. Mm. I thought that was a very interesting definition to acquire a behavioral tendency because that literally means that you can learn by observation. You can pick up things. The more that you watch, you just imitate what you see. And that could be for the plus or for the minus. So that's why environmentally, who you're choosing to pattern yourself after and what you're choosing to pattern yourself after very much matters mm. because you are literally shaping your behavioral tendencies based on what you're choosing to follow. Wow. So when you brought that whole point of observing and guarding, that made me think about observing, looking at something intently and then protecting what I'm observing. So like a security guard, right? Like you have security people patrolling a certain thing, or maybe you have them just stationed at one place. You know, you can be in an office space, they can have the monitors, and you know, they're supposed to be watching the monitors, observing, right, in order to protect. But what happens when the dude just nods off? Or the dude goes over here and he's on his phone. He's not looking, mm -hmm. so he's not safeguarding what he's supposed to protect, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, there's just so many examples of just like people who are able to creep in because you stop observing. And as soon as you look away to no longer protect what you have, anything can happen and snatch away. So those are the things I'm thinking about. And then the last thing I want to offer two things is, so I just told you what the definition of learning is. So what is the opposite of learning? So we kind of think we know just in nature, but in real, just, just to go along with it, the opposite of learning is to forget, to misunderstand, 
to overlook, to disregard, to ignore, or neglect. Mm. So if any of those things are happening, you know, as you have been a student in actual school, or as you go to the church services and Bible studies you go to on a weekly basis, you know, if you forget things on a recurring basis, I mean, we all have finite minds. So it's not like we're going to remember every single thing all the time. But if you're not even putting yourself, like you said, practice, if you're not even putting yourself in a position to bring it back, to instill it in there, you will forget. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you may not remember every word verbatim, but you at least have it deposited in there that it makes some sense yeah. if it gets stirred back up. Misunderstanding means that, okay, everything might not make sense at first, but then if you reach for understanding, he says you'll get understanding. Mm-hmm. But there's some people who wrestle with it because they don't want to understand. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Then there's total overlooking, which we don't have to go there. Disregard, we already know what that is. Ignoring. That's a big one. We don't have to go there. And then neglect. What is neglect? Well, we care more about neglecting animals. We care more about neglecting children, which are valid things. But what about neglecting the Lord and the things of God? So the final thing I want to say, and I'll give it to you, is wisdom. Wisdom is not synonymous with learning. So we always talk about wisdom, knowledge, and instruction together when we're, you know, referencing them through the word of God. But wisdom is not literally a synonym of learning because being wise actually requires you to have and show deep understanding and intelligent application of knowledge. So you cannot call yourself a wise person who refuses to learn and show proof of the learning that you have. So you can learn and learn and never be wise. You can accumulate knowledge and accumulate information, which is why Timothy talks about ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 2 Timothy 3.7. In order for you to be recognized wise, you must consistently, consistently live by applying the information, the knowledge that you comprehend. So no one's saying that we'll all ever know everything that there is, Mm -hmm. but with what you do know, what are you doing with it? Mm -hmm. So again, if you know better, do better. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Wow. All right, y'all. Here we go. Okay. I just, you know, we gotta do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I'm sorry, I tried, but you, you know. No. <laughs> I was gonna go somewhere else, you know. I originally intended to come to you this way, you know what I'm saying? But hey. But you know. All right, I felt you. the necessity. Okay, I receive it <laughs> to respond to what you had just said. Amen. So uh, come on here. So I'm asking you to repeat a few things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna let you take a drink first because yeah, mm. this, this is gonna be good. So yes, when you were talking about wisdom and maturity, so yes. you mentioned a couple of different things like being neglectful, you know, forgetful, those type of things. The difference between somebody who's mature and somebody who's immature, like we're not sitting here saying you have to be perfect. Right. Okay. Because we know we're going to mess up. We're going to fall short. I think the difference is what you do when you do. Because someone who's mature is growing. Yes. Someone who's immature is saying, I'm mature. Mm-hmm. You see? Like, and, they're, and they stop. So immaturity happens not wow. when you fell. But when you stay there because you wow. assume that you were mature in the activity that you're currently in, that's what makes I you immature. I don't have to do nothing else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, so wow. when you're neglecting to read the word, yeah. okay, that we might consider that an immature act or a neglectful act. But when someone comes to you and says, hey, brother, how have you been in your work? What you do at that moment defines yeah. whether or not that's an immature act or not. Because yeah. at this point, it's just a sin of omission, right? You know what I'm saying? Wow. Do, are you willing to say, okay, Lord, I, I definitely need to find a way to get back in this book because yeah. this is where I'm growing. If you choose to say I'm mature and you do nothing about that and you overlook it, as you said, wow. that becomes an immature act. So I wanted to throw that out there. Wow. But then secondly, as you talked about wisdom is not knowledge. I love how the book of Proverbs says, get wisdom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It says it's the beginning yes. of knowledge. Yes. But then also in James, uh, James 1, five, it says, um, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask, ask of God, God who gives to all generously. So you're not going to get wisdom if you're not looking for it. Exactly. Like, so again, you can have all the knowledge in the world, 
by learning, mm -hmm. but when does it become wisdom? When you look for wisdom, you know what I'm saying? When, okay, Lord, like, I'm hearing what you're saying in this book of Jude. Like, how do I get there? Mm -hmm. Whether you ask of, of the Spirit, God, reveal this to me. Mm -hmm. Lord, send me some individuals. Go to the pastor, you know, do yes. what you need to do. But if you're not then looking for that, you become that security guard that was like, okay, like, I didn't really understand this, so I, I can't apply it because I didn't understand right. it. Right. Are you going to then find a way to apply it? So wisdom comes from the individual who's actually chasing and pursuing yeah. the knowledge of this. Yes, you're yes. fighting for wisdom. Yes. You're literally fighting for that. Yes, and, and again, we know you have that because you asked not, but it says he must ask in faith without any doubting for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Being a double-minded man, I say in all his ways. Mm -hmm. So until you get to the point where you're actually able to apply wisdom mm -hmm. or even ask in faith, you're shot <laughs> because you're not willing to be mature because you're just saying, okay, like I don't need to apply the wisdom of it. I just need to know what to do. Okay. But if you, like you said, if you know better, do better because if you're not doing better, that's not wise and that's a maturity. So I wanted to say that, mm. um, but what I love, um, just to kind of cap this, this book off is he ends the book, um, again, talking about what you were talking about, bad examples, mm -hmm. um, challenges them to remember all of those things. Um, verse 19, I love how he says, uh, we'll, we'll go to verse 18. And the last time there'll be mockers following after their own un ungodly lusts. So two things there, ungodly and lusts, which are selfish desires that lead to sin. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly minded, being devoid of the spirit. But you, mm -hmm. beloved, <laughs> there we go again, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. What what I love about that is there is a separation and again a clear distinction between those who are fighting for the faith mm -hmm. and those who are not. By basically saying there's some who are divisive and worldly, yeah. there's some who are willing to build up the faith. Like which which category do you find yourself in? So you can be in the church. Mm -hmm. It's very simple and very easy for you to be able to look and say, I know tree by its fruit. I can look at an apple tree and assume I'm going to see either red or green. And if I see orange or purple, that's not that's either grape or an orange. Mm -hmm. Like I can call a spade a spade. Mm -hmm. Can we, again, going back to Hebrews 5.14, be able to discern the difference between good and evil by recognizing the difference between what maturity and immaturity is, knowing the difference between what sin and, and righteousness is? We have to be able to get to that place, or we can't call ourselves among the faith if we're not willing to fight for what we call ours. Mm -hmm. Like, I would never walk in a situation and say, I'm not going to fight for my kids. You know what I'm saying? Like... As a father, that is my responsibility to mm -hmm. fight and protect my kids. So built into that is a responsibility. And he's saying, beloved, I was just going to encourage y'all and talk about some things, mm -hmm. but I think this is just as important to that is that I need to let you know that. And he says, I write to you appealing. So he's not just saying, hey, I, just, I think we need to fight. I'm not thinking about this. I'm appealing to you. Let you know it's, it's extremely necessary because he said, I felt the necessity, mm -hmm. which means <laughs> this ain't just something that I just thought, oh, well, you know, I'll use this sermon today. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is one of my favorite ones. I'm just, I think it'll hit. No, he's saying, like, <laughs> it is extremely imperative that I give you what I wasn't planning on giving mm -hmm. you because this is extremely important. Yeah. And like you said about something, like, that's where we are today. Like, are we fighting for our faith? Mm -hmm. I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. We're not at a point where, and, and I'm saying that, that no one is doing that, but are we at a point where, as a global body of Christ, we're genuinely looking at Judah. We're just like, oh, where's Revelation? And we skip over it because mm -hmm. it was just one page. Right. Like, I'm really not missing anything, right? Like, right. it's only one page. Like, that one page <laughs> encompasses the rest of the Bible. But, I mean, if it was good enough to be in here, Thank you know what I'm saying? Like, Thank we should you. be glossing over it. I mean, Third right. John was on point, you know what I'm saying? And Revelation is Revelation. But don't be getting it twisted that Judah, I mean, he was the brother of Christ, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he felt the need to say, I'm not the brother of Christ. I'm one of y'all. And I felt the need to, to write this in here. So don't think because I'm in the back. That ain't about right. So, um, oh my yeah, I, just, I thought that was super important. So, what you just said about fathers fighting for their kids and it being a built-in responsibility for you to feel like you should fight for your kids. One thing that you're saying that in a sense that it should be every father's inbuilt, indwelt responsibility that they mm -hmm. all feel like charged and really willing and ready to do. 
The second component of that is also that not only do you have that internal responsibility, like I'm saying this as you like knowing you as mm -hmm. a sibling, but like also you have a passion on top of the responsibility. So it's a built-in responsibility that you're supposed to, but then you also have a passion because you're in love with your children mm -hmm. and you would do that because mm -hmm. you love them that much. Mm -hmm. So, do you, you know where I'm you, going. You said me up, but you probably will say it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just, I'm just saying that, so as you're saying that there are certain responsibilities of us as believers, we should already have an internal responsibility just being a believer of the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's already like part of the territory, number one, but we don't all accept the responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. And in natural life, all fathers do not accept the responsibilities mm -hmm. either, okay? Mm -hmm. And then secondarily, we don't all have that passion which is what's necessary for the kingdom because, mm -hmm. you know, these people who wrote these books, particularly the apostles, they were super passionate. I mean, they all had different levels of how their passion was exemplified, but you could tell that they had a passion in order to drive that carrying out of the responsibility that they have to contend for their faith and to endure whatever came along for them contending with their faith. So I'm going to go back because um, you read like 17, but I want to kind of reference 14 and 15 first because mm -hmm. it talks about um, the apostles and, and the prophets. So it says, Enoch prophesied about the judgment that would be executed on the ungodly and ungodliness. He said, look, the Lord came with myriads of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly deeds they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh and cruel things ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So right there, okay, he has said all numerous times, and he has said ungodly six times, okay? <laughs> point so, that out too. <laughs> he, he clearly is striking that chord for a reason, okay? And so what, what he's trying to emphasize here is my point about the learning, okay? Because He's saying that y'all should learn from the prophets that were prophesying, okay, from back in Enoch's time. And Enoch was back in Genesis, right? And so even from there, how many prophets have been through the word? The whole Old Testament is the prophets, right? So all them prophets that came through and testified and prophesied about the Lord. You didn't learn nothing from what they said. Mm -hmm. And then he said, um, we're, we're even looking at the fact that the whole New Testament is partially from... The, the apostles teaching, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're looking at the New Testament being stemmed primarily from the apostles teaching, what their teachings, their letters, their records, and then the records and the prophecies of the prophets, what more do you need to learn from, mm -hmm. you know? So he's laying that out there and he's letting you know, the Lord is coming with everybody and he's gonna execute his judgment on everybody, <laughs> period. Mm -hmm. All of y'all ungodliness, in every ungodly way, because he said all ungodly deeds mm -hmm. that you have done. And so he's not just talking about ungodly stuff that you repent for and get cleared. He ain't talking about that. He's talking about folks who live a, a lifestyle of continued ungodliness, because that's why he keeps saying ungodliness, yes. ungodly, ungodly, yes. ungodly. He's layering that because y'all are the people who are practicing a life of ungodliness. Mm -hmm. So that's what he's talking about. And then he said, for you, beloved. Mm. So y'all are not the ones I'm saying are ungodliness, but I'm telling you, if you follow after these patterns, you will become the ungodly, getting executed ungodliness and all the other types of stuff he said. But he says, remember the prophetic words spoken by the apostles. Mm. So learn from the prophets and learn from the apostles, teachings, letters, records, learn from it. So how are you supposed to remember them? Remind yourself. What did I talk about last month? I talked about four things at the end of repeat after me. And he said all these things, I am stirring you up. This was Peter. I'm stirring you up. I will remind you of these things. I find it needful for me to remind you. And I'm going to find a way to make sure that after I'm no longer on the earth, that you will still have access to these things so that you can remind yourself of what I told you that you need to know in order to ask your faith, virtue, into virtue, knowledge, <laughs> all those things. So the four things were listen well. Okay, listen often, long it, record it, and live it. So you have to listen, first and foremost, you have to listen well to get understanding, and then you have to listen often. You don't go to church just one time in your life, the first sermon you ever heard, and then you're done. You sit under the word, constantly hearing it, receiving it, so that you can obey it. 
And then he says, log it. Find a way to leave a record for yourself. If it's recordings, if it's note taking, buying a book, whatever you have to do, log it so that you can record it in some way, shape or form and then live it. That's the only way. You know, when you're getting trained at new jobs, they let you shadow somebody, they let you shadow somebody and you're just watching the person do all the stuff, right? But it really doesn't click with you until they switch you and they let you do the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You don't really get it until you, it's, I mean, I kind of get it, you know? You're taking notes to make sure that you have, this is what they said, this is the stuff they said, okay, okay, okay. So the, the notes are for me to fall back on if I forget when I'm on my own, cause you know, I'm only gonna be with you for like a week or two. Mm -hmm. And then if you're not here, then I can go back if I took good notes. I listened well, I listened every day through this training process, I logged it so that way I could live it when you put me on my own. So that's that's where we are with that. So I'm gonna just pause right there and let you respond and I'll go back down from 18. Uh, wow, a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> wow, so that example piece, um, you, you hit all the points I wanted to say about the, the fact that he kept saying ungodly and he called them beloved and all of that. That whole piece about being able to learn from the example, uh, the only thing I want to say to that is, you know, we're, we're titling this podcast, Keep Up the Upkeep. And what happens when you don't keep up the upkeep on something? It's all bad. Like, I mean... The value becomes depreciated. Yeah. So if you're fighting for a faith that you're calling valuable and then you refuse to keep up <laughs> the faith by studying, by gaining the wisdom, by learning, by, by learning from these examples, mm -hmm. then you're actually showing that you're depreciating the value of your faith, mm -hmm. which means you're actually not adding to your faith, as you said mm -hmm. in Second Peter. So the importance of, of maintaining and keeping those things is because you're actually showing and proving the substance of your faith. Mm -hmm. Because by not doing that, you're actually showing that you don't have a faith because mm -hmm. you're not willing to. Like if I had, <laughs> if I drove a $300,000 vehicle, well, you best believe I'm covering it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it will always be in the garage, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna wash it because what do I look like driving in the mud, right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm gonna have a trash can in the back, like, oh, wipe your feet, wipe your feet. Like, I'm, I'm gonna do all those things because I recognize a value to yes. it. Why would I ever treat my faith any differently but then assume that, oh no, this car is valuable, but do you walk in and you see McDonald's on the ground and you see French fries in, in the back and tucked into the, the seatbelt, like stains on, yeah. on everything. Like you would not assume that I value this vehicle. And they would say, why, why didn't you just buy a used vehicle? You right. say that that's what, how you was going to feel. Exactly. So if we do the same thing to our faith, we're actually showing that that faith actually didn't mean anything to exactly. us. Which is actually, exactly. going back to First John, which is, you know, those who are practicing unrighteousness, mm -hmm. you're a liar and the truth is not in you. Right. Which means, just because you're in the church don't mean the truth is in you. You right. heard the truth, yeah. but until you receive it and obey it, you receive obey. Mm -hmm. The truth is not in you, mm -hmm. because if it's in you, that actually comes out of you. Mm -hmm. So what's in comes out. And if it's not in, then what you practice in out is, is unrighteousness, which that's what's in you. So let's be let's be real about the truth. Because the truth will set you free. <laughs> and so whatever we see freely is what you showing. <laughs> so let's keep it 100. But yeah, I'll wow. leave it there. Okay. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing this. Okay, let's stay focused. Verse 18. <laughs> they used to say to you, in the last days, there will be scoffers following after their own ungodly passions. So who are they? How will you discern them? I think you addressed that, you know. Um, scoffers are people who are objects of, uh, um, of contempt, you know, make you an object of contempt. They're people who mock or make fun of a person or a thing. So in this case, we're talking about the faith, the religion, and, and people who believe. Um, these are the ones, these scoffers, these are the ones who are causing divisions. They're worldly-minded, secular, unspiritual, carnal. They're merely sensual, unsaved, devoid of the spirit. So just like you talked about not having the spirit. How can you prepare and protect yourself against these people? How can you prepare and protect yourself of what they're doing? Verse 20, but you, beloved, <laughs> build yourself up on your most holy faith. Continually progress, rise higher and higher pray in the spirit and 21 keep yourselves in the love of God so we have to look at the fact that these scoffers are people who like when you first addressed I think around verse 4 that there are people who creep in unaware um, they are ungodly people who are causing divisions 
inside of the faith community, inside of your church congregation. They are worldly minded. And how do you know they're worldly minded? As we talked about the fruits, mm -hmm. you can tell by what they're exuding. You can tell by the things that they're um, expressing, the things that they're sharing. And so you have to really understand that these people are not like your typical unsaved souls who are just off the street coming in to get their lives together and live for God. These people have an agenda with the kingdom of darkness to literally steal, kill, and destroy you and snatch you out of the kingdom of God and any hope of progress. Because you know, Corinthians talks about Satan has his own ministers that present themselves as angels of light. And it's not like every single person who partners with him actually like kind of signs a contract and says, yes, I'm about to work for Satan. But essentially, when you align with his agenda, that's what you're doing when you are a person who walks into um, a community or a, a church and has this kind of demeanor, causing division and worldly-minded, unspiritual, all the kind of um, doctrines of devils that you introduce and all the things that you're saying to cause confusion against the word of God. That is what you're doing. So you're either a minister of the Lord and you're furthering his gospel and his truth, or you are on pushing the agenda of the world. And even if that is basically compromising and trying to say that God accepts certain things now and God is okay with this and that now, that's slowly creeping in. And that brings in Timothy. And, you know, we're not going to add all that, but, you know, that's what this stuff is. Mm -hmm. And he's saying they are devoid of the spirit. So when you look at just the qualities of just even how Jude, and it's bringing me back to how you initially said, mercy, peace, and love. Jude introduced himself in a humble manner. He's coming at you in love. He's coming at you in gentleness and meekness. And all of a sudden, even when he's talking about this hardcore truth, but these people are like bomb rushing the body of Christ mm -hmm. and believers and people who are seeking the truth. And they don't come with gentleness and they don't always come with meekness and they don't always come with uh, humility. Like they are abrasive sometimes. They are rude and they're harsh and they're mean and they're mm -hmm. cruel. How do you feel like God could possibly be using them for any move of his spirit? Mm -hmm. It's just not possible. So he's telling you to keep yourself in the love of God. And so my, my one little thing I want to say with this is just you're not empowered by God's spirit until you go. So like you're talking about, you know, you have to do something, you know, you just because you have something until you do something with it, you're not doing anything. So you're not empowered until you actually go and your motivation will grow as you go. Mm -hmm. So even with, you know, your faith, like you have to do something first mm -hmm. to get yeah. moving mm -hmm. and the motivation will come as you go. We don't always feel like working out and going to the gym, but once you get in there, then the motivation grows as you go. Yeah. You know, you have to get moving. So the mm -hmm. spirit of God will not even act upon you until you take action. So what's the move? Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, um, I'll just kind of close it out. Uh, just kind of piggybacking off the stuff you said. So um, again, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, holy faith. So having a sanctified, godly response to your faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So uh, again, exercising, um, maturity and authority um I, I like how you you said scoffers like the fact that you're contending like we're not fighting each other like you're fighting against things that are fighting against you mm -hmm. so you're only fighting to protect you're not fighting within like if you're causing division within the church like and you can go back into james i believe it's james chapter three like the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make it. yeah so we shouldn't be like if we're beloved if i'm assuming you're beloved mm -hmm. like again i should see mercy peace and love multiplied but then secondly like you're not my enemy right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. so the fact that um that he speaks in that vein like we should know what we're fighting against mm -hmm. we should be able to see someone who's contentious yeah based on how they responded even to things of faith like right. if you're you know you believe that you can eat me and i don't you're contentious in that conversation. Mm -hmm. Like you're already not showing mercy. You're not showing peace and you're not loving because mm -hmm. you think just because you're different than I, that that's, you're being divisive. And mm -hmm. so true test should be, okay, like, wait, let's, let's think about this. Like, what is your response? Even when you, like, if you feel like you're arguing with somebody like, okay, it's natural, like life happens and, and we're fleshly, but like, what do we do when we get to that point where we realize, okay, like this is not the spirit of God. Like yeah. you need to fall back. Like you're not. So we can, there's true, 
um, tells in those situations, but it says, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Then this is where it gets, so again, we're not contending against one another. Mm -hmm. We're contending against those who are not in the faith. Then mm -hmm. it says, have mercy on some. So who are we having mercy on? When I have mercy on those that we fight against, it's like, hey, I love you, but you got to get on out. No, you got to get on out. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's not where we exercise in the mercy. Like, it says, have mercy on some who are doubting. Um, save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. So basically when he's saying, like, you're to have mercy, you're to recognize, one, that you need to grow up so mm -hmm. that you can be able to extend mercy to those who are weaker than you that mm -hmm. you can help also bring up because the goal is to keep yourselves in the love of God. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to not keep yourselves there when you're not, not a student. So just like you said earlier, like, hey, trainee, you're with me for a few weeks, look at your notes. But if you have a question, like you come back to yes. the source, exactly. which is the word of God, which is praying, which is the apostles and prophets, uh, which is why I love Acts 242 is they were devoted to the apostles teaching. Yeah. The church added daily because of the fact that they were devoted to that right. and prayer. You know right. what I'm saying? They was eating together. They were fellowship. And so the fact that they stayed connected yeah. to the word and the teaching, that's what helped them to grow. Yeah. So the fact that they recognized where the source came from, they're now able to then utilize that mercy to be able to recognize, okay, you're not one of them but you're weak and we need to bring you in so that you can be mm -hmm. one of us you know what i'm saying right. because you're going to be on the fence if you, you either don't line up with this doctrine right. you know what i'm saying or you still have to wild so let me, let me let me help you know brush off the edges so that you can be one of us because yeah. at some point someone's going to come behind you that is in that very same situation yeah. so snatching them out of the fire as some have mercy with fear hating even the government polluted by the flesh. And then he says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling right. and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy mm -hmm. to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, master, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen. So he started with saying, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied because he went into a very heavy situation that helps us to understand that our faith is important. We have to fight for it. We have to guard it. We have to protect it. We have to love it enough to grow in it, and then he ends by saying the same thing, have mercy on others, be peaceful to those in the flock, love the Lord, love the church. Mm -hmm. So you, if you love the church, again, because I love my kids, I'm gonna stand in front of them when a bullet's coming, I'm gonna stand in front of them, I'm gonna snatch them out of the, the middle of the road if they're in there, and mm -hmm. I'm gonna take that that hit. Like, that's what he's talking about. So he, he began with saying, have these qualities in you. Mm -hmm. And then he's saying, now who's able to keep you okay. in these qualities? Yes. How else would you be blameless without understanding the power of Christ? Like mm -hmm. without the power of Christ, you're going to be snatched up. Because again, the, the devil, like you said earlier, is powerful. He knows what to do. Mm -hmm. he, kept, he came in and announced, unnoticed. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that he's in here and we didn't even realize it already stresses his power. Like, so we need to, to understand that. There's a power that's greater than him, but again, if we're not exercising it, if we're not learning, yeah. if we're not, if we're not keeping building up, ourselves up in our yeah, faith. if we're not building ourselves up, we're gonna be torn down. Because yeah. again, if you don't fortify the foundation, yes. you will be destroyed. Right. So if you're setting your foundation on the solid rock, yeah. which is Christ Jesus, you will not be selling. Mm -hmm. So much more can be said. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just in those two pages, I mean, it packs such a heavy punch. But we are in the last days. Yes. Um, and I know we've been talking about that the last, <laughs> over the last week. But like, because we are in the last days, like, and he said, there will be those who are after their own desires. Mm -hmm. There will be those who are mockers, who are legitimately after simply, like it says in verse 16, finding fault, following after their own lust, yeah. speaking arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. Right. And that advantage is their kingdom. That's exactly so it. if that is the case and we recognize that we are there, we cannot defeat the enemy without Christ. Right. So we need to get to the place where Christ is what we're fighting for mm -hmm. and what we're fighting with yeah. to fight against. Yeah. So. I love you, man. <laughs> I just do. So to that, we will pray. Lord, thank you for keeping us, Lord. Thank you for the, the power to keep us. Um, you know, there's many things that we, uh, in the natural, try to keep, uh, but we have no... Uh, no power and authority in our own. Um, and so we come to you as uh, the one who can keep us, the one who um, knows those who are marked for, for condemnation, those who are marked for destruction, those who have crept in unaware. Father, and I pray that you would build your church, that you would prepare them with such a heart that uh, can withstand, that can endure until the end. 
Uh, Father, I pray that you uh, continue to uh, stir us and, and all of those around the globe as teachers um, that will share the faith that will help uh, build and equip your church, um, that we can stand in these times um, and that we can operate under these um, conditions because we know that um, this is the last time, the last days, and we know that uh, times are evil and wicked and we know that people are wicked. And we also know that you um, have a people marked for righteousness. And so, Father, help us to maintain that righteousness. Help us to create uh, circles and environments in which we are um, contending for our faith, where we are stirring one another to love and good works, and where we are um, holding fast to the profession of our, our hope. So uh, thank you for the hope that you give us, um, as it says in, in Jude, that we would wait anxiously for the mercy that you've given us through Christ Jesus our Lord. And it is him that we give glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Her Bro, His Sis. Catch your favorite siblings each month as we talk to you, our family in Christ. Want to chat or just stay in the know? Catch us on Facebook and Instagram at Her Bro, His Sis. Yeah.